which is that when you're pricing yourself in the retainer or the package, you are teaching the client to value your work and not the amount of time that you spent. And in this way, it also encourages you to get faster and more efficient at what you do. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. In this episode, we are talking about how to package your services as a freelancer. Basically, what to charge, how to figure out what to charge, all that sort of thing. Now, these will vary depending on what you're doing and the types of work that you're doing, right? So we've talked about this before in a previous episode. Typically, the more money you can help your client to make, the more you can charge. So if I wanted to make more than I'm doing right now, I would go work in advertising. I would work in probably Facebook paid ads, Google paid ads, YouTube paid ads. I would work in that field because I know that working in that area is going to help me show my clients, hey, look, I'm charging this much, but I'm going to help you make this much, right? When you can help your client make more money, they're willing to pay you a lot more, okay? So it all depends on that. Keep that in mind. How does your work, how does what you're doing help the client make more money. You're also going to have to take into account your experience. Okay. You want to be realistic, but don't sell yourself too short either. So if you're just walking in off the street, you've got no freelance experience. You've not done anything before. You can't show any past work with a client. You know, it may be hard to just be like, yeah, so I'm a hundred dollars an hour. You know, the client rightfully would be like, um, what? Like, where's your results? You walking in with no experience and you want me to pay you a hundred dollars. Now, of course, this depends on if you come from a company. If you, let's say, worked in marketing, Facebook ads, let's just say Facebook ads. You work in Facebook ads for a company. You had a regular W-2 job, a nine to five job. You have proven results with that company. Yes, as a freelancer, if you decide to start doing it on the side for yourself, you can charge a lot because even though you've not done it as a freelancer, you know what you're doing. You can pitch yourself to the client, worked for X company for so long. I got these results. I've now decided to consult. Here are my rates, right? They're not caring so much about why you're freelancing or why you switched and all that kind of stuff. They just know, oh shit, you can get results like that. All right, tell me more. If you are just starting out in something different, let's say you're changing careers, you've never done what you're doing as a freelancer before for other clients, you're probably going to have to start a lot smaller and work your way up by working with a few clients over time until you get to the point where you can say, hey, yeah, I've worked with these people before. Here's some of the results that I achieve and raise your rates accordingly. You want to be prepared to start lower and then raise your rates as both your confidence grows and your proficiency goes. Okay. So my first job, I charged $35 an hour. That is a number that I pulled out of my ass. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I've never made that before. So I'm going to set that as my rate and see if I get any takers. Once I got that first taker, my mind practically blew up. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. I'd been working as a teacher before that. And as a teacher... I don't even remember what my hourly rate came out to, but, you know, because it was teaching as a salaried position. But when you take into account all of the hours put in on the weekends, on the evenings, just all the extra stuff, you know, teachers end up making like shit. So to me, $35 an hour was huge. 
And what I kept doing was deciding I'm just going to keep throwing out bigger numbers until a client says no. So after 35, the next client, I threw out 50 an hour and they accepted. And after working with a couple clients at $50 an hour, I was like, I'm going to throw out $80 an hour. And that client accepted. And after working with that client for a while, I was like, I'm next client, I'm throwing out $100 an hour. And they accepted that. <laughs> but again, I was getting so much better because I was getting more confident. I knew that what I was doing was helping my clients. I could see it in their businesses, in their growth. And I was able to, each time I went to a new client, pitch them better, right? I was able to say, here's why I'm charging this much because look what I can do for you. Look what I can do for your business. And they could see how working with me equaled more money for them. I got really good at that. This wasn't a sense of like, oh, you should just pay me this because it was, let me show you how working with me is going to make your business take off. The thing is, you're in charge. When you feel ready, when you feel confident to make a change, you're the one that gets to decide that. It's not the old methods of a boss coming and saying, hey, you know, you've been doing great this year. So like, I'm going to give you a dollar more an hour. However, people make raises in corporate world. I forget. I don't know. And I never really got raises, right? They never come to you and offer a raise. You have to like fight for it tooth and nail and it's a whole mess. But when you're freelancing, if you're at sitting at $35 an hour and you wake up one day and go, I think I'm ready for 50. You get to decide. You can immediately jump yourself up to 50. This is what I work for now. You know, and when you're ending something with one client and going on to the next one, that's always a great time to raise your rates. So let's get into the three main types of rates that you can set. The first one is a flat hourly rate, right? And this is what so many people do when starting off, myself included. And we're all usually comfortable with this because we almost all started out this way, right? When you're a teenager, you get your first job, whether it's bagging groceries, babysitting, you know, working at a coffee shop, flipping burgers, typically you get a set amount per hour, $10 an hour, $11 an hour, $12 an hour, whatever that setting is. When I was a teenager, when I was 15, I got my first job. I was a lifeguard at the local community pool and I got paid $5 an hour. Flat rate, that was it, right? So flat hourly rate, you are exchanging time for money. This is not one that you want to stay at very long, but it is good to start out here, I think, because it is so comfortable. Clients are comfortable with it. We're comfortable with it. Everybody knows. This is what I will pay you for an hour. The end. The pros of this are that it's easy and it's simple. You track your time using a time tracker tool. You invoice the client for 10 hours of work. They pay you whatever set hourly rate you have agreed upon. The cons of this are that you are tied to working a certain number of hours in order to make a certain amount of money. So you can work backwards from this and go, okay, I want to make X amount per year. And then you know that you have to work for X amount of hours in order to achieve that goal that you have set for yourself, right? Straightforward, simple, but you're exchanging dollars for hours, dollars for hours always. And you will always be sort of tied to working a certain number of hours in order to maintain the lifestyle that you want. Great in the beginning, but once you get your feet wet, you've worked for a while, you've built up some confidence, you may want to switch to another rate, right? Because then you can make more money working less. And also it can be uncomfortable for the client to pay you a flat hourly rate. And here's why. Let's say you're charging $100 an hour and you need 10 hours to get the work done that you're doing for the client. If I'm the client, I go, gosh, that hurts. $1,000 for 10 hours of work. And I start thinking, oof, could I get somebody cheaper? 
ooh, maybe I could do it myself. When it's tied to hours, it really starts to get inside the client's head, right? Like that's a lot. When you tie it to just getting the work done and it's not an hourly thing, the client is thinking much more solution-based. Like, oh, this person is going to solve my problem for $1,000. The client doesn't need to know whether it takes you one hour, in which case you're making $1,000 an hour, or two hours, or you know, 40 hours. They just know for $1,000, my issue will be solved. And that's the way that you kind of more want them thinking. It becomes a lot less painful at that point. Because again, let's say your rate's even higher. Let's say you charge $500 an hour. Holy crap. <laughs> if I know that it's going to take you 10 hours to do something and it's going to be five grand, I'm really struggling with handing over my credit card. But if I know that you're going to solve my problem for five thousand dollars and it's a big problem and once it's solved it's going to make me a lot more money i don't need to know the details so as fast as you can i would love for you to be thinking about moving away from doing hourly work for a client into one of the other types that i'm going to talk about because with these the client has less visibility into how many hours you're working and you're just the whole conversation then is based around results not necessarily how many hours you're working and this is where it's like we're all conditioned to know how many hours somebody's working based on office jobs, nine to five jobs, where you show up, you sit your ass in a desk and you work for eight hours a day. And it doesn't matter whether you are dicking around on the internet for part of that time and not actually doing anything. You're just being paid for being there. And a lot of companies, you know, they've done studies that show that people are only productive about three to four hours a day and the rest is just wasted time. But this is how society works. This is how society is set up to do the 40 hour work week and to be there, even if you're not being that productive. So it makes sense that it takes some time to move away from that model, but I want you to move away from that as fast as possible, right? So the second type of way that you can get paid is the retainer rate. So this is a flat amount that's paid up front for your services. So let's say that you're a graphic designer and you offer your clients unlimited designs each month for $1,000, let's just say, flat rate. Now, in this setup, they get unlimited designs. It doesn't matter whether it's taking you two hours or 25 hours. And they're going to pay you that flat rate no matter what. If they only use you for two designs that month, that's their loss. They're still paying you $1,000. If they use you for 25 designs that month, got to do the math carefully. You've got to make sure that you never have it to a point where you know they can just absolutely go crazy and you're working tons of hours to keep up with that but that'll go into your contract right maybe you don't do unlimited designs maybe you have a cap on that or something but basically you have this range where they have a retainer fee that they pay you each month and then they're able to use your services for the designs that they need so retainer rates are pretty sweet because you get paid no matter what and there's definitely some months where the fee will skew in your favor. You know, you might have some months that are pretty heavy and they've sent you a lot of work, but then you might have months where they don't end up using you and you're still getting paid. I had a client once who was paying $400 a month to a graphic design agency for a retainer kind of rate, just like this. And he had started paying them in March and never sent them any work. So just like $400 a month, $400 a month, $400 a month. I discovered this when I started working with him in October. So all of those months, they had just been getting paid without ever lifting a finger. <laughs> and this is just how business works in some cases, especially with clients who have quite a bit of money and they're not used to actually checking and auditing their systems and making sure that they're not paying for things that they don't need. But even when we started sending them work, it was a design here, a design there, a design there. You know, so we were paying way too much 
for what they're actually producing. So it's nice to get in with these sometimes. And of course, you want to be honest with your clients. Of course, you want to go to them and say, hey, you know, maybe I've noticed you haven't used my services in 10 months. You know, it's all up to you how you want to run your business and how open and honest you are with people, which stuff like that does come back tenfold to pay off in the long run. You know, if you're honest with a client, like, look, man, you haven't used me in six months. What do you say about, you know, that goodwill is going to come back and refer you to someone else or they're going to pick back up with you again. They're going to remember that honesty. They're going to remember that kindness. But it's also great to get in and be able to, yeah, maybe you have a client who just needs you for a couple of designs each month and they don't need to know. Maybe it's, you know, $400 a month like this for that package. And maybe they're sending you two things a month. And maybe it takes you two hours to do those two things. And you're earning yourself $200 an hour for those two designs and making that monthly wage, right? You can also do this with time, not just services. So let's say you're doing consulting. You're not doing any hands-on work for the client. They're just coming to you for your brain, which is what happens a lot of times in my line of work with my clients. So you can say to them, hey, my retainer is $2,000 a month. That gives you four meetings and it gives you unlimited email access to me. I answer all emails within 24 hours, except on the weekends. (laughs) And that's it. So you do your four calls a month with that client. And if they send you 45 emails or if they send you one, they're paying the same price. And here's the thing. A lot of times with these retainer things, they need you a lot in the beginning, but over time it becomes much calmer. And so what I've found with my clients when we do a consulting package like this is, yeah, they have a lot of questions in the meeting, a lot of questions in the meeting, a lot of questions in the meeting, but over time it turns into maintenance, basically. So they're emailing me and they're saying, hey, I have this situation. I have this thing. What do you think about this? Because they've gotten used to me being in their life as a sounding board, as someone who can offer my expertise, tell them what I would do, how to handle it, that sort of thing. It's an email here and an email there versus the constant emails that I would get in the beginning, right? But it's still useful to them to have me there, to know that anytime something pops into their head, a problem pops up in their business, they don't know how to manage the situation, they can get a hold of me. And that for them is worth paying the retainer fee each month in order to have that access to me. So just remember with a retainer, whether they're using you or not, you are just there. So the third way that you can package up your services is the package rate. And this is very similar to the retainer, but here you're specifying a flat rate for a specific set of services. So unlike the example of the graphic designer previously saying, hey, $1,000 a month, unlimited designs, you would change that number and have it for a specific set of services. And so it depends on what your client needs. But let's say they need Facebook ads, right? You would say specifically, okay, it's going to be three ads for $200. I don't know, whatever. You're giving them a specific set of these are the three designs you can ask for this month. And this is the cost of those. And this is nice because you know exactly what you're doing for the client. If they're getting three Facebook ad designs from you and that's the package, you always know what you're creating for them. It's not like, oh, I need this design this month and this design the other month. And then we want you to work on this. We want you to work on that. Your services are available for sale in a virtual storefront. You can get three of these for $200. That is the product that you're purchasing. And unlike a retainer where they pay a monthly fee, these packages are just simply available. They could buy one today and then again tomorrow and then again the next day, or they might not buy one for two months and then they're back and they need another set. Okay. So, but everything you do is packaged. So as a graphic designer, if you've got different things that you create, that could be one package. And then over here, you've got your logo design package. And then over here, you've got your conference materials package. I don't know. (laughs) 
really know what graphic designers do. But you can package up the different things that you produce in a way that a person can just click and buy what they need from you. Okay. And as I talked about a little bit earlier, I strongly advise you to get into the package or the retainer as much as possible. Because like I said, the charging per hour is the most uncomfortable for the client. And it sort of can lead them to micromanaging and looking over your shoulder and like, oh, can you submit a timesheet with that as well? Because I need to know exactly what you were doing. And it's just best avoided if possible. It's best to give your client a straight up price to pay for the results that they want. And then they don't have to worry about how long it took you to get there. So those are the three pricing structures. I have mentioned the two that I prefer. And I want to talk a little bit bit more about why now, which is that when you're pricing yourself in the retainer or the package, you are teaching the client to value your work and not the amount of time that you spent. And in this way, it also encourages you to get faster and more efficient at what you do. If you're getting paid, you know, in the retainer or the package services, it incentivizes you to get faster, smarter, you know, you still track your hours. I always encourage you to track your hours on the inside to know how long it takes you to do certain things. This is just good business, right? Because you can formulate your hourly rate and figure out when you're getting better, when you're getting faster. And you want to get faster over time. I've made insane amounts of money, not in the sense of working 40 hours a week, but you know, I've done calls where I do the math and I've gone through and I'm like, yeah, I made about $500 an hour then, you know, because I'm not structuring it like that. I'm not saying, hey, it costs 500 to work with me. But if I take a $2,000 retainer that I'm doing for a client for a month, and then I do the math and figure out how many times they emailed me, how long it took me to respond and all that kind of stuff, I've made two, three, four hundred dollars an hour, right? Which would be very uncomfortable for the client to charge them that directly. But because it's spread out into a flat fee, I get better at what I do. I get faster at responding. I'll do things like send voice memos because it's easier for me to explain a problem in 10 minutes of talking than it is in sitting down and trying to write stuff through email, right? So these will help you to work freely, work independently without the client looking over your shoulder. And it'll also help the client to get the results that they want without having to stress about, oh my gosh, how long is this taking this person? And it's great because some people work faster than others and you should be rewarded for that. In a typical job, everyone's there working the same eight hours. But if you could get your work done in two hours and go home, why shouldn't you be allowed to do that, right? So with creating these retainers and the package price structures, you're sort of able to do that. You're able to work faster and make more. And the last thing I want to say about this is that another reason that billing hourly is not fair to you is that it doesn't take into account all the time that you actually spend thinking about the work. For example, in coding, you can spend such a long amount of time thinking about a solution that it doesn't actually translate to what you produce. Now, I'm not an expert on this, but I remember this going to code school and learning a bit about programming. And developers are typically trying to solve an issue with the least amount of code possible. If it can be solved with five lines of code, it's probably better than being solved with 50 lines of code. And they might be spending hours, weeks, months thinking about a solution. And then one day it's like, boom, got it. They fix this thing, this thing works now, and it's done brilliantly, and it's done with just a few lines of code. So you wouldn't look at that and think, oh, I should pay them XYZ for that amount because it's such a beautiful solution. It's small, it's good, it's precise, it works. And it doesn't necessarily show all of the experimentation, the thinking, the broken mistakes that were made along the way to getting to that point. And this happens not just in code, but in other realms as well. I remember when I lived in Lima, Peru, 
I was working for a client that was going through some personal stuff that was outside the business. For that reason, I took on a much bigger role in the company at the time, basically running the business for a few months. And in this situation, hourly billing was not an accurate measure of my time because so much was happening so fast that I was living and breathing the business. You know, it kept me up at night. It was on my mind when I was at the grocery store. It was on my mind when I was trying to sleep at night, when I was walking the beach on the weekends, when I was in the shower, when I was trying to have dinner with friends and just hang out. The business was always on my mind. And so hourly billing wasn't really a great fit at that time because the business consumed me. And to bill hourly left out all of those off-the-clock hours that I was actually thinking about the business. And this will happen in your business as well. Even if things are good and not so stressful as that particular situation was, you'll be thinking about your work when you're doing other stuff. Ideas will come to you when you are just out. This is sort of the nature of running your own business, of being more in charge of what you do and how you do it means that you're not so nine to five. You know, I sort of miss the days where I used to work for someone else and five o'clock on a Friday hit and it was like, boom, straight to the bar, happy hour, did not think about work, did not care about work, didn't cross my mind until Monday morning alarm went off and it's like, oh God, I have to go back to this, right? I used to be able to turn it off. Now that I work for myself, now that I work for clients, now that I actually love what I do, it's hard. You're thinking about this stuff all the time. So you want to get paid in a way that reflects that. And it's hard to, you know, have the minutia narrowed down. You know, let's say I'm having dinner with friends and we just start talking about freelancing and work and stuff and ideas occur to me. And maybe they say something that jogs a thought and I go, oh, wow, like I need to talk to so-and-so about that. One of my clients could probably use this idea. I don't have a little notebook that I carry with me and jot down like, oh, 10 minutes spent talking about this. Help me think about this. You don't bill for that. It's insane. I think lawyers actually do bill that way, but that's insane. So by doing the retainer, by doing the package rate, you can sort of get yourself, create a cushion in the pricing that allows you to get paid more for all of these times off the clock where you end up thinking about client work as well. It's like even with the best work-life balance intentions, thinking about work off the clock will happen. And this is just a byproduct of being invested in and passionate about what you do. So in my opinion, the best way to be compensated is to get to a point where you are structuring your payment in a way that is not trading exact amounts of time for dollars, but instead you're trading results for dollars or euros or pounds or wherever you're working from. You get the idea. You're trading results for money. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was valuable. If you have any questions, if you have just anything at all that you'd love to chat about, you can email me at hello at liveworktravel.com. You can follow along on Instagram at liveworktravelig. And for freelance business ideas, every Thursday in my newsletter, uh, just go to liveworktravel.com forward slash newsletter. And I would love for you to get on that list. Every week I send out ideas for new freelance businesses, advice for new freelancers, tips and tricks for freelancing, just mixed in with personal stories, where I'm at in the world, what's going on. It's my way of just giving you guys all the ideas that I cannot keep up with myself when it comes to freelancing and freelance business. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next week. 